Good evening, and welcome to Three Moves Ahead. I am your host, Troy Goodfellow, bringing you all the latest coolest strategy news and reviews and critique for 2018. And we have a really new, exciting, interesting game to talk about to start off our year, championed by one of our panelists, the long-absent, and we're happy to have him back, freelance writer Fraser Brown. Hello. It's nice to be back. Yes, I had no idea you hadn't been on in so long. It just does not seem right. I know. I'm a very busy boy, so... <laughs> busy is good for a freelance writer. <laughs> and joining us uh, from the West Coast, our favorite uh, curmudgeon from GamesBeat, Mr. Rowan Kaiser. Hello. So today we're talking about a game in early access, and we don't talk about a lot of games in early access because who knows what they will turn into. This is a game that's getting quite a bit of buzz, and that sits in a very weird space uh, in strategy game design, trying to be a lot of very different things. So we're going to talk a bit about its design and its ambitions, and this is a game that's being pushed by Fraser. So I want you to talk to us a bit about what is special, unique, and interesting about zombie-killing RTS, there are billions. Yeah, it's kind of a, a weird hybrid of uh, like tower and base defense games, uh, zombie survival games, and uh, your kind of traditional uh, Age of Empires, Settlers-style um, RTS. And it's, it's, um, it's very, very simple. A lot of hybrids overcomplicate things. But this is really just straight up build a big base while waves of the undead uh, appear intermittently. And well, actually, no, it's scripted, isn't it? There's, it's based on, a, I think, a certain amount of time. You can choose to survive for like 80 days, 100 days, or 150 days. And at specific points, these huge tidal waves of zombies start beating down the walls of your very vulnerable settlement. And you've got to build like ballistas and shock towers but also food for this like colony of lone survivors on a world that has been completely consumed by the undead and the whole map is filled with zombies as well it's not just these waves so when you're trying to expand and find new resources you're also contending with like zombies, little kind of middling around zombie wandering creatures that you've got to take out, clear, and then expand. But it's actually, there's not too much to worry about. It really is just the waves, I found, that are the real challenge. Like, what do you guys, do you guys find that the waves are the main issue that you're dealing with? So, so Rowan, why don't you describe your experiences with the game? How, 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 what, you, what you bring to it from your own strategy experiences and preferences, because there's a lot about the design that I really like, and a lot that kind of puzzles me. But what when you, you have a lot of strategy experience, what do you bring to this? I know you like survival colony games, and there's a little bit of that going on, but not so much. So from your preferences, what about how does Therabillion strike you in its current state? Well, as uh, long-time listeners might have noticed, I am um, increasingly skeptical of what I call the race in strategy games, where everyone starts out at the same position and tries to like get to an end game uh this is most commonly when i talk about civ these days but also most 
real-time strategy games or conventional real-time strategy games have you know everyone starts out with three workers at a town center or whatever and they try to get to an end game point whereas this is a game that takes the idea of the real-time strategy game uh, all of the you know building and maneuvering troops and uh trying to make sure that your economy has enough to keep churning out uh your your little units uh all of that but no race you're just it's player versus environment you are just trying to survive these zombies which are as fraser said mostly coming in these giant waves that are the big kind of crisis points um and also they're just sort of populating the the ground around you and you have to try to like push them out in order to expand so uh it's sort of self-driven in a way that you're uh the Zerg rushes are not another player trying to screw you over, but just kind of the natural rhythms of the game. Um, and this leads to some interesting strategic decisions, but uh, it also leads to some not very interesting strategic decisions. Uh, and I think this is uh, in large part because we, we, talk, we can talk about how it seems like all these other games, but it starts as a straight-up RTS uh, perhaps the only difference between this and like a Starcraft or whatever is that you don't have specific worker units. Your buildings mm -hmm. are just kind of built on their own. But other than that, you're, you know, just churning out, you know, farms and tents and whatever your, your dwellings happen to be, uh, and just dropping them wherever seems convenient as opposed to kind of trying to like build a, thing like you do with a city builder uh so i think that's both a strength and a weakness of they are billions and that it it's trying to like draw on uh what comes what these other genres like or other games in kind of different genres like a rim world specifically has a you are alone in a hostile right. world you have to build your walls and defend your thing but that's coming at it from the survival strategy city builder sims like point of view where this is just coming at it from the rts point of view and that leads to some interesting uh interesting choices by the game that are not necessarily interesting choices by the people playing the game i mean it comes to me from it appeals to me the I'll start with the appeal then we'll go with the negative stuff a little later on. Uh, first, it is, it is a last stand game, and I have a big affection for last stand scenarios in traditional RTS campaigns. And we saw them in StarCraft II, and saw them in, I think, Dawn of War II, where you line up all your guys, and they're being attacked by wave after wave of enemies, and you just prepare your defenses until the mission's over. Um, you get a little timer to let you know when they're coming. You have to keep some rudimentary economy going, or maybe you get... Uh, supply packs that will let you build up your forces, but really the entire purpose is an Alamo last stand, works drift type thing where you have to hold off the attacking forces, and that's really all this game is about. There's no no one's coming to save you. You just have to just kill all of the zombies that come after you or live long enough. The only thing that will save you is the calendar. Um, and the only map I've been able to use is the first one because i've never lived long enough to unlock the second third or fourth available maps um and the other thing that this game appeals to me about appeals to me is it's a very simple economy i mean like fraser said look, so many hybrids just try to tack on more things like, that you could very easily imagine this going in some weird crafting direction um but it really does it's a very traditional 
uh, RTS economy, except as you said, Rowan, you don't move the workers around. You have to, workers are a very important resource, but they're given to you by the houses. You, you build a house, you build a tent, and you get four workers. And then you can use those workers to staff uh, resource gathering structures or become soldiers. Then you upgrade your tents and they can have more and more. We can talk about but, that sort of thing later. But it ends up being, to my mind, and one of the big issues I run into it is, wow, this is a tight economy. It gets really, really tight. And that really constrains your choices, especially in the early game, uh, where there are pockets of zombies all around you. And you have this really small territory, generally, randomly generated, to build stuff in. So you're not going to be building, well, here's my industrial district. No, that's just enough tiles for you to plop down a factory. And that's it. It's the end of the world, so like waste and surplus aren't really concepts anymore. Right. <laughs> so there's no worry about much of that. And so you run into issues of, do I have enough food? Do I have enough um, uh, fish? Do I have enough energy? Uh can, have I built enough beacons farther out that I can expand? Um, there are little goody piles scattered around the map that you can liberate from zombies every now and then. And those are nice little bonus. But the economy is very, very tight. And I found myself bristling up against that in a lot of places. Thinking, wow, I mean, if, can they fix this by tweaking the numbers or is this a design issue? It's clearly intentional and I get that because, you know, it's supposed to be tight. It's the end of the world. And... I guess all the resource builders became zombies. All the everyone, <laughs> all everyone, every worker and engineer is a zombie now. So there's not enough to go around. Um, so I ran into that issue really tight. So its economy really stands out for being one of super scarcity. You've got to plan uh, pretty heavily around. And I know some people have commented that this is a game that has a strict build order to it. Now you've disagreed with this when i said this fraser that build order is not as important as people think it is yeah i this is the one thing that i i'm not 100 percent sure about and i i wrote a kind of impressions review type thing uh last week about it um on rps and one of the things that i was wondering about is does this have a build order mm -hmm. that like this kind of one kind of premier strategy that really we just have to figure out and then that's the challenge kind of over and done with. It's more about following that plan and timing everything correctly uh, and there's no real room for experimentation. And I'm, I don't think it necessarily is. It feels like it would be because it sort of does, it really does funnel you into that efficiency, doesn't it? Because you've got that time limit, you know the waves are going to be coming, so you don't have time to just faff around. Yeah, you have to you, find you, the, you, the most optimum strategy, you, right? You want to beeline for that wood factory so you can turn your shitty tents into shitty cottages. Uh, exactly. So you can double your amount of... But to do that, you might need another freaking sawmill. But what if there aren't any trees around you? Do you skip the sawmill? Does that take longer? All of these map stuff, all this map stuff gets in the way of efficiencies. See, I, see, that's the thing, I think. And also the randomness of the maps, because you yeah. never have any way to kind of prepare for a map. It's a new layout every time. So you might end, and I think it's, it generally tries to put you in a spot, it, well, it's, it's always going to be in the center of the map, and there's usually going to be the resources you need somewhere, but you might have to build a few like Tesla towers or whatever they're called to expand before you get your first um, copper uh, mine up and running. Um, it's like valuable time that's wasted. So I think it actually makes it more reactive. So I don't think a build, there is 
like one perfect build order, I think there are definitely going to be things that you should get up and running as quickly as possible. But I think it is also about just reacting to the seed and where you end up. One of the things about this game that I've noticed is that they're updating it a lot, mm -hmm. uh, like two or mm -hmm. three times a day. There was like uh, three the... big patches in like three days. <laughs> yeah, it, it's one of those early access games. It's not one of the ones where they only release the giant patches every couple months. Um, so like when I initially started playing, it felt very build order oriented. Uh, but playing again and this was right after it came out on early access i think it was playing like two two three days after its initial release in mid-december um but then playing it again in the last couple days it felt a lot looser and the thing that uh you had to be building toward was um what i noticed was it was oriented towards getting your walls up you had mm -hmm. to Mm -hmm. You had to have your defenses or some defenses ready uh, by the time you start getting the, the first wave of zombies, which I think is day 14, and they come every two weeks or something. Uh, I mean, because the first wave is really just a sort of a small horde of zombies that are pretty easy to take out. But if you don't have a wall, then they can easily overrun like some tents and suddenly everyone yeah. is a zombie. Because that's the thing. It collapses so quickly. Yeah. Um, and also, uh, getting your, getting towers up so that you can just have one of your rangers pick up or pick off the little random walkers who come in because otherwise, you know, you might just have one zombie walk into one tent and then all of a sudden it's a crisis. Uh, so that it's, I think they've, they've gotten better at designing around the early game, not feeling so railroaded, uh, it feels a lot more about kind of figuring out where your choke points are going to be. And that, in that respect, it kind of reminds me of how Kingdom was, especially when Kingdom initially came out, uh, because that was a game where you started with some decent little defenses, but the early game was about figuring out where your points of expansion were. And this is with the procedurally generated map, you know, that you get that same sort of feeling. There are sometimes natural choke points and sometimes natural points of expansion, and sometimes you have to work a little bit harder for those things and see these are all things that are like that you wouldn't find in your typical like last stand scenario because it's still a game about expansion ultimately um though obviously the larger your colony gets uh in many ways the more vulnerable it gets yeah. because if you've got any like soft spots places that aren't covered or well defended it really does just take one zombie getting in for a, a pretty well protected fortress to to be completely destroyed um trying to actually i think that's the, that is actually I, I said earlier the the biggest challenge of the game was dealing with the waves but i think it might be dealing with the point where the zombies have gone into the walls through the walls and you're trying to um kind of just claw your way back and take them out before they can get to your uh, your main base, your headquarters. Um, and it is just, it's so quick. It's like a force of nature moving through the colony. Uh, and, and with every building they infect, it's more zombies being added to this this horde. Uh, it, it is pretty unstoppable, and which th it, I think it inspires building multiple walls like having a wall around the headquarters as well but then 
if you're adding towers, you then need more workers or more population to put in those towers. So you're building more houses and expanding again. So it's kind of never ending. And the early game, because you're starting such a constrained space, all of your buildings are really close together. Uh, so it's mm -hmm. unavoidable to have, you know, some tents plopped up right next to your command center. So when they start getting infected in the early game, uh, you know, because one thing this game is not good at yet is letting you know there's a terrible zombie. There's one rogue guy wanders into your camp. <laughs> it's not good at telling you. There's no chimes. There's no alert. It'll alert you when there's a big wave coming in. Hey, there's a wave coming in in 10 minutes. You can see it on your map. But, you know, some straggler comes wandering in from the west, starts chewing on a tent. Unless you happen to look down at the minimap and see this one tiny red dot, you might not know that your whole settlement is going kablooey very, very quickly. I've lost count of the false starts I've had. Oh, yeah. Where I've just, you know, I've not even upgraded anything, um, built any walls or whatever. And it's just one zombie just takes everything out in like 10 minutes. It's like the whole game gone. I'm assuming that is something they will have to fix. <laughs> I as, don't know. I as an inter I mean, there's a couple of interfaces. That is one interface thing they need, and they also need an interface thing that says a little button that says, "Gather all my soldiers and send them to this point." Um, because yeah. finding them and dragging them halfway across the map, uh, it's not always a lot of fun. One of the things that I like, or I'm not sure about, I like. If, if, one of the things that keeps my attention in this game is the way that the everything is uh everything is covered in zombies outside of the very near area of your your base um and so all most of the downtime in this game and there is a fair amount of what would be considered downtime can be spent just you know clearing out these zombies so there's something very I don't know about soothing, but very kind of grabbing um, about just watching your little increasingly large but still pretty little army just take out 30 zombies and slowly push your way out so that you might be able to expand there later or it's just something to do now that uh, will stop those zombies from biting you in the ass at some point in the future. Uh, or there might be something behind them. There might be some of those resources behind them. But it's it does a good job of maintaining attention. And I think that's, that's pretty important in a game. Uh, there are uh, a lot of things with the economy that I think are not very well done, but I find myself able to just take a bunch of time and watch this game kind of unfold, uh, which... I think if they do manage to fix the economy and fix a lot of the sort of strategic decisions in the game, I think that that becomes that becomes a major strength for the for this. But uh, I think that's also part of why the game has found a sort of initial popularity. Uh, it's very good for streamers. Um, mm -hmm. Anything that's you know vaguely roguelike like. Uh, is is a good streamer type of thing, and I think just that there's always going to be something going on is uh, is a, a strong sign for they are billions. Oh, and it's also very easy to understand. This is not a game that requires a whole lot of explanation. You don't need to read a manual about it. The tool tips are what there are of them are relatively clear. It is not an easy. But there game. are no there are no real tool tips. No, there really are, are there? There. Well, no, there, because there's, there's no details about right. what that kind of how a lot of these things work and what they do. 
Well, there, but I mean, the descriptive text of what a building is uh, is mm. generally generally quite clear. Like you know what a you know what a ballista tower is going to do, and it tell <laughs> it, it it tells you what a lookout tower does. Um, I understand there are more advanced things in the middle game, but I never get there. I never get very far uh, into the middle game. Um, and this is a yeah, game. You go from like bows and arrows to like kind of steampunk mechs and stuff like that. It, it does, and kind of automatic yeah. gun turrets and a, a lot of crazy stuff. Uh, and yet, still, the, the zombies usually manage to break through. Now here's one thing that I'm uh, kind of I'm kind of resisting. Go back to the whole build order thing. And uh, build orders traditionally in RTSs are meant to help you quickly get to a longer-term goal. Like, you want, in Age of Empires, you want to level up to the next level. And it's built to then springboard you from, like, age two to age three to set you up. There's a lot of long... Build orders aren't just about the here and now, but it's about planning for the future. There Are Billions is not a game that is really big on planning for the future beyond scouting the map and seeing where you might want to put a tower or where the resources are. It is very authentically It is very much a game about <laughs> what do I need immediately right here, right now. And you can see this especially in like which governor do you want today? You know, I I depends what I need right now. If things are great, I'll take the person who's giving me a little bit of bonus to my wood. If things suck, I'll take sniper guy. Give me the give me the sniper attack for free, because I'm in trouble. Um, it's very much a game that is a not real, is not quite tactical and not quite strategic, but it's very much based on it's a lot of impulse uh, stuff going on here. Um, even in the lags between waves, uh, like you said, Rowan, you want to go out and clear out the zombie nests because there are often some resources out there, or there might be a good spot to park some traps and the like. But it's beyond that. There's no grand plan beyond you know watching the resources count up um because the enemy's coming because the enemy is coming to unlike other rts's you don't have to go out and take out an enemy base the enemy will come to you and you just need to survive uh which i think throws a lot of the idea of you know planning and strategic forethought it kind of takes me a bit aback a bit i think that's one reason i've had some trouble really adjusting to it that i'm I tend to think ahead about things. No, thinking ahead is not always going to help you because you don't know what's over that hill and it could be 800 zombies and we'll screw that. I'll just throw down some traps and wait. It well, feels appropriately survivally though, doesn't it? Right. There is, but it's, if you don't, you, you can't really create a plan to survive when you're, you've got a world filled with zombies. You're just reacting to the waves and to the the random smaller horrors yeah, that might start Fraser, getting up I, against I, the walls. I, I am not living in a Walking Dead episode. I am playing a game about a Walking Dead episode. <laughs> I don't want to have to, you know, oh, every day is about survival. Yes, I know. I live in a major city. I can get run over by a bus any day. Every day is about <laughs> survival for me too. But, you know... It's a game. I like to be able to have an idea of where things are going beyond crap. I, even in your standard roguelike, or even in like a colony builder like RimWorld, there is a look. I look at the land and think, okay, here's what I'm going to do with. I see some steel mountains because on this planet, for some reason, in RimWorld mountains are made of steel. So here's how quickly I can get this thing up and going. There's some long range planning involved. Here, there's doesn't seem to be much beyond because you are counting down it is about just how long can i last victory is breathing 
One of the things that I think separates this game from a game like Rimworld, and in this case not in a good way, is that there's really only one way to lose, and that one way to lose is, you know, the zombies overrun you. Right. Um, in a game like Rimworld or Oxygen Not Included, or the, the sort of post-apocalyptic or pseudo-post-apocalyptic survival games, uh, you can lose in all kinds of different ways. You can lose if your, you know, your food chain is not quite right. Here, you know, if you don't have food, you know you don't have food. You can't build the things you want to build. Um, whereas, you know, there's, there's no sense of an economy. There's no sense of a chain reaction uh, of, a, of a group of systems that are kind of breaking down. Right. It's just, do you have enough defense and troops to stop the zombies? Um and that simplicity does, you know, make it kind of appealing. Oh, yeah, but for sure. it also it also limits um, kind of the conceptual range of what you're what you're getting into with a they are billions game. Uh, one thing that I would note is that uh, in terms of long term goals or medium term goals, there is supposed to be a campaign coming. Right. Um, I think that's like the full release right now. There's just the survival mode. I don't know if the campaign is going to be like the main focus of the game or a decent focus of the game, or if it's something like, you know, a steel division where it's something that's kind of nice to have, but not really the, what you are, what most people are going to be doing most of the time. So that'll be interesting to see. And maybe that'll help a lot and maybe it won't help at all, but, uh, it'll have the potential to do that. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see if they actually how they do progression in a campaign, or is it just going to be a series of survival-style missions like with a story as a backdrop? Yeah. Uh, one of the things that uh, does frustrate me about the game, and I think does separate it from the sort of city builder that it could be, is uh, there isn't a feel of elegance there isn't a feel of like aesthetic design when you're building the colony. It's whatever happens to work where. Uh, so you're just building these giant piles of tents at the start of the game, and they're just kind of there for the rest of the game, which makes it hard to have like a sense of pride in your colony. Um, it's a very RTS kind of thing, and it's a very not uh, all the other potential influences this game could have. Um, and like I, I like when I'm playing a RimWorld or whatever to have a feeling like this isn't just a colony where people are living. This is a colony that I have am able to take some pride in how I've created it. Uh, and in games, in games where you kind of have a sort of survival, um, persistent campaign, I'm thinking of like the old uh, Impression City Builders. Uh, which do have a sort of military component uh, and they do have a campaign that like involves using that military component to defend your city and so on. Uh, you would build like a small city and it would say, get to a hundred, a hundred uh, civilians and, or citizens. And then you would come back to that city later and it'd say, you know, get to 400 citizens and, you would have to like design around whatever you happen to do in the first game instead of uh being able to just go for that uh go for that goal by whatever means are necessary and this game i think if it tries to do something like that it won't be that interesting because every 
every city you build or every every colony or I'm not sure exactly what the what the the term here is, but every 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 kind of setup you have is always just throw things down wherever and um but but well, that's the, 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 not the, the, terribly appealing the, the, that's part of the mythology you see in the zombie times you don't have time <laughs> to I, I think you misunderstood what i actually meant before <laughs> um i meant but, that you were but, reacting to that situation so i i totally understand yes. what rowan's saying about the aesthetic and taking pride in your colony um I mean, because that's even something you could do in, in Age of Empires. You could just kind of level old shit and rebuild and make it look nice so you're moving on to this lovely medieval citadel. Uh, and I would, I quite like that in They Are Billions. However, I just think that the actual, not the mythology, but the, the setting and the mechanics of having these waves that are consistently trying to destroy your uh, colony... And the time constraints means that it is quite hard to fit in this aesthetic stuff, like making your colony look lovely and neat and tidy. And the, there's the, the space just doesn't limit the map doesn't even allow for it. Yeah, there's because I mean, it's, it's so random. Impossible. You have to build I mean, around the, the you're generally I'm often stuck between a couple of crops of trees, a giant cliffs, and a lake in the middle of nowhere. Which really cut I'm the just mean. happy if I can see choke points. That's all yes. I want. <laughs> I had my, my best game. I had a bunch of choke points and was able to, you know, set up some ballistas uh, at the open spaces and some walls where the choke points were, a couple of towers. I was able to do pretty damn well until one of the hordes came down where there wasn't any wall and no ballista in the world's going to stop 80 of them. Um you should probably have built a wall there. I should probably have had more. I should probably <laughs> had more trees. There weren't enough. There aren't any trees. I can't build a lot of sawmills. Uh, the economy is very simple and unusual. It is, it is very. It is very RTS. There isn't a sense of a of a supply chain or anything. If you have, if your houses get taken down, it's not like your other buildings all of a sudden lose supplies of people that they gave you to build the building. The assumption is the people are still there. Um, so, and that you had enough food to support it once, so you always have enough food to build it. The economy is just there to build things more than to keep there a little bit of, there's maintenance for food, for population and energy for certain buildings. Uh, but beyond that, the economy is, you know, you're not going to find your economy being disrupted. Your economy is going to be overrun. Um, it's not like you need to if you fight off a zombie invasion, you then press a button to fix everything that's broken, and things get fixed. I mean, that's all the real. Oh, thank God for that button. Oh my God, yes. <laughs> because I would not be able to tell which buildings are broken because the yeah. colors on this map are not the best. It's not uh, helpful. It is not really easy to jump around and see what's working and what's not. So that fixed everything. To just button. hit an X. Perfect. Everything. Yeah. It's everything that can be fixed with your current. Uh, bank balance will be fixed. Yeah, there's a there are ways to and do these also things. if there are, if there are not zombies near. Yes, yes. It, it can't be repaired while it's not just while it's under attack, but it's like a, kind of a fairly generous proximity. And so yeah, while I, you cannot fix what is being eaten or is about to be eaten, 
Um, <laughs> to, to go along with what I was talking about with the elegance, the other thing that's kind of missing in the design is efficiency. And uh, this isn't necessarily a bad thing because it is coming from the, the RTS point of view where efficiency is not necessarily important other than that you want your workers to be able to get back and forth from the mines relatively quickly, but there aren't even the workers walking like that in this. So the it's it's whatever happens to work where it works. What yeah. uh, what matters is basically whether your troops can walk through it and um, whether your defenses are efficient. That's kind of where the, the sort of spatial uh, analysis comes in is where your points of defense are going to be, your choke points, and not kind of where you're building your buildings. Um and that limits the sort of midterm goals that you can have because you're just trying to kind of make the most of what you possibly can where you possibly can instead of making it an efficient thing. I think there's a certain point that at least I've gotten to it in a few games uh, where I've built up enough and I have some proper heavy artillery that I can start it's like a little bit of breathing room so I can start thinking about how to make things tidy. Uh, not like neat, that neat, but at least efficient. Um, it's just you're not really worried about the random zombies anymore. Uh, and maybe you've cleared out some of those like zombie settlements that dot the land. Um, so you're really just worried about the, the waves. And if you've got some shock towers, you can handle quite a lot. Uh, and so you you start to kind of play around with how your colony is built, I, even to the point where I'm demolishing things, even though there's that could be quite dangerous because you don't get everything back that you spent, and obviously you have you don't exactly ever have a surplus, so that can be quite costly. Um, but if I'm maybe wanting to move some of my more valuable buildings closer to the center. Uh, it's it's sometimes worthwhile where they're better protected. Knocking out tents and putting up cottages, yeah, I, I, that's a thing that I could probably do in the game that I have now that seems to be going well. No, you just need to up, upgrade them. Oh, there's an upgrade button? That's nice. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you yeah. Cl- 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 it's really very important. important. You, you click on a tent <laughs> wow. and then upgrade. It's right there in the upper right corner of the menu. Yeah, that, that's like really costly if you've been demolishing and then building new ones i i haven't started yet i've just i've gotten building cottages and right uh, have it totally run out of space but i've come close to running out of space so that will yeah it's just a, the, just a button help the space issue somewhat yes uh, so one of my big problems with this game i think the one that really needs to be balanced uh for getting it going in the future is the way the economy works. Um, it's sort of... So you mentioned that there are these uh, uh, food and uh, workers and energy. And those are the things in the economy that seem to actually like matter. Um, because you're, you're basically constantly trying to fight amount of food that you can. That's what your main reason for expanding is uh, get more farms once you managed research farms um but there are also like resources like wood and stone and uh iron or copper or whatever and oil i guess for the late game stuff i haven't gotten to that point yet those just kind of sit there like once you build a mine and once you build a 
a, a sawmill, you just kind of consistently get those. Like, if you build a whole bunch of stuff at once, then you might run out of them. But right now, they don't seem to be creating much of a need for paying any kind of attention to them. I just constantly have a full gold and full wood and full stone. And... Um, but you're still quite early on, aren't I mean, if you've not upgraded to cottages and things like that. I've, I've upgraded cottages. I've got a bunch of cottages. I just didn't know there was an upgrade button for the oh, already right, existing sorry. tents. Right, yeah. okay. Because <laughs> uh, I but, find that, like, scarcity is it, or not so much scarcity, but just uh, that I need so many things that I, I don't necessarily have to wait. So I'm never having to wait for the resources to come in. But I never feel like I have this massive abundance. Not unless I, there, there are certain points where I do have a bit more and I can expand, but never where I'm like, oh, I've got so much, I don't know what to do with it, and I don't have to really worry about the economy at all. Yeah, I mean, I find building a warehouse is a rather low priority. Um, I run into some bottlenecks early on, but often I say, look, I have I can turn off my stone quarry because I already have the maximum amount of stone. I'm not using a lot of stone. It's good to have when I need it, but I need those say four workers to become rangers right now. So I'll turn the off the workers stone are quarry. definitely the most right. important resource yeah. undoubtedly. Right. The, the, the thing that you're constantly trying to pay attention to instead of the stone and the wood and so on is uh do I have enough food to support my workers to support my troops? And that becomes kind of the overriding obsession of the mid-game, is just constantly trying to make food, to make houses, to make whatever building you're happening to go to, plus a few troops every now and then to slowly build up your army. And uh, it seems to be by far the dominant mode of the economy in a way that makes everything else feel like it's kind of tacked on. Um, but I think it's more like everything else kind of supports it. I mean, I get what you mean, that like the the, there's a singular focus, but all of those other buildings kind of support that or give things for the workers to do. For instance, if you, you might not want to build a huge army and instead invest in like blisses and shot towers and artillery guns and stuff like that, but you still need workers for that because all of those things require people to staff them. Right. Uh, but everything seems to be kind of connected to that rather than just this redundant extra thing. Right. It, it, it's it's so dominant that it feels like the other stuff is kind of an afterthought. Right. Um, and, uh... I mean, there's a, there's, so, a, there's a great feeling once you build your first farm and you realize, oh, I don't have to build these crappy hunting lodges that are like, oh, this this will give me 10 food. Or I can build a farm that'll give me 60. It's like, oh, thank God. Um, so eventually your food doesn't make as much of an issue and it also means you can start tearing down your crappy hunting lodges and getting those people back uh, for more important things like sniper duty but I mean so even if you've got like if you've plunked down a 62 farm at first you feel really good about that but pretty quickly you've built a couple of towers and you've churned out a bunch more uh, troops and you've used up some workers in the towers and you're having to now build more houses and you realize oh man i've run out of food again 
and like before you know it, you've got like yeah, but not 10 as, but of these farms. Exactly, but it's not as quickly. I'd rather have 10 farms than mm. 75 hunting lodges and 30 oh, yeah. fishing I mean, Having that upgrade is great. And yeah. all of these basic resource gathering buildings can be upgraded. You can do the same with like quarries. Yeah. Um, so you're generating like double. Uh, and they're really, really helpful. Um, I, I think this goes back to what you were saying earlier, Fraser, is that the game is very reactive. It's mm -hmm. it's about kind of responding directly to what the current need is, and the current need is usually workers slash food. Um, and then you also have the kind of I'm always able to go kill zombies for fun uh, sort of thing. <laughs> so the, the game is always giving you a kind of low-level thing to do. It's just sort of struggling to give you a mid-level thing to do. Uh, and I like the mid-level thing, but I, I, I get why this is popular without necessarily having fully engaged with it myself. See, I, I've really started to appreciate the small touches, uh, like the idea that rangers are excellent at taking out zombies because when they kill a zombie, they don't make any noise because they're using a bow and arrow. So they're not really attracting any creatures. Because so, well, that's one of the issues is... If you send a normal kind of soldier unit with their machine gun into a mess of zombies and he, he kills one, about 20 other zombies suddenly notice him, start moaning, and then they start really slowly moving towards him. They're not going to catch him because it's still they're very slow. And even the runner zombies are slower than, uh, I think, I think slower than soldiers, definitely slower than rangers. So I think that's not the threat. The, the threat is at the same speed as snipers. Same, right, okay. So then snipers are not fast at all. Um, so yeah, you're not having to worry about being caught by them. You're worried about them gathering more and more. So you've got this sort of like critical mass of zombies chasing you. Because you don't want to have them follow you to where there's like some tents or a quarry or something like that. Um, so you really think need to think about who you're sending out on those missions um and it depending on that that changes the threat of the actual zombies so what next what do you think is the uh what do you want most for them to do they're targeting i think a late spring release is that right fraser um i did i i did i say anything in my premature evaluation <laughs> about the release date i'm gonna have a look because i have no blooming idea of maybe what right. yeah maybe you didn't i think i've heard somewhere it's in late spring but who yeah, knows i, I, I know think, it's this year it's definitely this year um, I think I didn't they said uh in, in a few months when the they sent me the press code okay okay uh, they're aiming for quite a quick turnaround then. But as you said, I mean, there was another update right now that I just uh, updated. <laughs> so there's uh, there are a lot of changes coming. I'm sure we'll see changes to things like the economy and certain bonus and balance issues and maybe things in the emphasize, uh, emphasis of the game. Um, it is already quite popular. But what is your number one wish? What do you think? Not, you know, how you would make the game different, Rowan, but based on the game that they are building... Uh, what do you think uh, this game really needs more than anything else? I think they're going in this direction, but just kind of mixing up the, the sort of flow of the game. Um, like it, I said, it manages to hold my attention when there's downtime, but it doesn't always manage to hold my 
interest. It doesn't always manage to excite me. It's like I'm just sitting here waiting for the next wave to come and hoping that I've built enough to deal with that. Uh, that's that's where I've been in sort of the early mid game a lot. Uh, once once I have gotten my walls up, um, and I think they, they are kind of tweaking in that direction. Uh, it has seemed to change how they are, you know, attacking your city when you in the in the start of the game from when it started. Because it used to be at like day five, it would send three little walkers at you from multiple different directions, and that would just be really annoying where now it seems to be a little more coded in in a way that you can kind of strategically plan around but is also perhaps too predictable um so you know just continuing to tweak that until it gets the right amount of fun or whatever um and continuing to tweak the sort of economic escalation so that there are interesting things other than let's just get to farms as soon as possible uh those kinds of decisions and i think they're they're they seem to be doing a good job of that but uh yeah that's that's what i would want to really get into this game is get those get those things balanced to be on being purely reactive but also kind of a allow me to uh be surprised by the game fraser you have more hours in this i think than either of us do maybe both of us put together I but I quite like some more steampunk stuff that isn't really just aesthetic because mm-hmm. right now the zombie stuff feels really well thought out. Um, it's very much a zombie game with some steampunk aesthetic. That's really it. It's a cosmetic thing, and I guess you get some you get some weird units later on as well. Um, but I like, yeah, I'd like to see more done with that. So maybe some like invention stuff. I don't want them to necessarily go down the crafting side because I think it's mm-hmm. it's just tired, and I don't need it. But um, but yeah, just something that taps into that conceit. Um, and I one thing I'm I'm not sure if I really do want it because it might just make everything too complicated. But doing something with population rather than just treating them as a resource. We've already got governors, which I think are rubbish, because they're so often a bonus that I don't even want. <laughs> um, but something where the population has almost got like some agency rather than just they're there to be put in towers and sent out to kill zombies. Uh, some personality. Uh but I do worry that when you've got those sort of time constraints and this kind of constant risk and impending threat, having to actually manage a population might be a touch too complex uh, or complicated. Yeah. I'm not really, I'm not 100% sure it would work, but I would like to see it. <laughs> you know, I mean, I'm, I'm not sure work. I want to be told, oh, such and such villager is happy. Have you yeah, looked around you? Have you seen? You live in the zombie times. There is exactly. no happy around you. But there's um, that. Um, what is that other post-apocalyptic sort of strategy, city buildery type thing that's coming out? It's set in like a, a frozen world. Oh, um, God, I'm kind of, uh, not going to remember the name, but I know what it, you're talking about. It's got a it hint looks really sur- interesting. Yeah, it's got a hint, of, and it's got a lot of hint of survival, but it's also got dealing with this kind of depressed population. Um, and there are a few other kind of survival adjacent RTS games and strategy games in development that are also kind of 
looking into how populations react to these challenges. And I think that would be cool to see, especially since we are talking about like the zombie genre, which is typically dealing with how people are dealing with the apocalypse. The zombies are just the threat. They're not the most important thing. Uh, so yeah, it would be nice to see that, but I don't know if it would be a great fit. I mean, you might be able to do something with like population movement, get get a little uh, a rudimentary walker system like the Impressions games had, uh, but I don't know that you could have like a full on morale thing with this. Uh, not without like a total revamp that would probably make it take. Or even Another just things year. like, for instance, um, finding a band of survivors and bringing them into like just little touches like that, even to to make yeah. it feel more authentic. So, so, so to like, that what, zombie so like, what, 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 what Rebuild does, if you've played Rebuild, which I have is, not. I don't think. No, it's a strategy game on mobile and on PC where you are kind of building the last human settlement and trying to, you know, eventually escape, but you build the last human settlement as the zombies come in. So you do, as you do explore and expand your base, you find people and you bring them back. And what are your skills? What can you do? And that's something I would yeah. like to see, you know. Maybe that would be really cool. You, yeah. you, find, you, yeah, you think... find some hero unit out there, and this hero unit is either a great soldier, or he can make uh, resources cheaper, make a research cheaper, or something like that. Yeah, and that doesn't require kind of babying the population it's kind of you're getting something cool and it, it's it's still a bit of a wrinkle but it's not just tiresome management of people who are miserable because it's the end of the world <laughs> yeah I, I think that adding little things out in the world and adding little vignettes uh would be something that would fairly easily fit in with the this this game's design as it is currently and also make it feel a little more dynamic because right now you have the two things that you can find out in the world which are the little resource caches and then the sort of zombie houses yeah, uh, under like fallen cities aren't they yeah um and the those those could be definitely be fleshed out uh in a way that would uh make the game feel a little bit more dynamic and a little bit more surprising i think like right now, because you, you can destroy them completely, and rad, you, while you're doing that, waves of zombies start coming at you. So it's there is a little bit of a challenge there, and it, you you can see how it could become something more structured. Um, and you usually get resources around there as well, encouraging you to go and and take out these these zombie infested settlements. Um, but if we could send like units on like mini adventures, delving into these cities um to come back with special like resources or like some sort of like blueprint that gives you a, a unique building or whatever um from like before the zombies destroyed the world that would be a pretty neat addition i th i think it's funny that this high powered civilization that can eventually get to steampunk type technology needs to build a factory before they know how to build a farm <laughs> yeah, like we only know how to hunt animals. How can we actually grow crops? But we can build. Yeah, it's a, it's a hunter-gatherer society that somehow is industrialization. Uh, it's like a wood factory, isn't it? It's just yeah. it's like a carpet. It's basically they've just invented carpentry. <laughs> <laughs> Our lumber is better. Uh, my big thing I mentioned before is I, I need better sound cues. 
Um, I need it is a game with a lot going on, and the 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 palette isn't very appealing. Hang top, but aesthetics instead of mechanics. Look at me, I'm such a dork. Um, <laughs> but the, it's it's hard to pick out where your soldiers are. Uh, if they're on different parts of the map, if you remember where you put them, uh, the sound cues are really not helpful at all for knowing when something's going on. Um, there should be let better alerts. If, you know, the workers don't do anything, why are they walking around at all? It's just to let you know that society's moving. They don't do anything besides... Oh, they're also because they got infected. Yeah, and they run over their hands in the air and that sort of thing. But, you know, it's <laughs> it's... They're mostly just cosmetic. Um, most of them get infected when their house gets eaten. That's when you'll see most of your infections. They don't need to have, you know, Margaret on the farm uh, get bitten as she runs away. That's not really helpful. Don't you like seeing them wander around? Oh, I, I think it's kind of reassuring it's, to it's see my fine, little population. But it also makes it hard for me to pick it where my soldiers are. They're, sure. they're also kind of bizarrely stupid. Um, oh, I don't They're wander. really dumb. That, doesn't yeah. strike, that <laughs> does not strike me as bizarre in this universe whatsoever. <laughs> it's like if you put a sawmill next to a, a forest they'll start wandering around <laughs> to the yes. entire other side of the forest around the mountain through multiple different defensive gates <laughs> into the giant horde of zombies that I haven't cleared out yet and then they're like oh my god this is scary not only will they like do that this is what they're like programmed to do almost it right. happens so often they will find the worst part of the forest the opposite side zombie infested land just do 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 great pathfinding <laughs> um, it's amazing so when this comes out again we'll take are you guys be playing more after tonight or are you gonna wait till it's finished i'm probably gonna wait for it to finish and also maybe wait for me to feel like i can take a beating again because i do feel a bit pummeled <laughs> Um, I had a good game where I got into the 40th days where I was it's good. not being not being actually challenged that much, which I thought was interesting, um, given that most of the time, you know, everything collapses into a pit of fire within, like, the first two weeks. Um, so I'm not sure. It was also kind of boring, though. Like, it, it's one of those weird things where if you're not getting the challenge of always being on your toes, uh, then I all the weaknesses of the game kind of come out. So Wait gonna... for the final wave. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean I'm sure I'm sure there are that those kinds of things, but I, I'm not terrific. sure if I will be if I'm actually going to be motivated to continue doing that or try to do something else. Uh so uh I guess stay tuned on my Twitter account. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I'll might play a little bit more this weekend, but I do have a lot of other things to play for the podcast coming up. So we'll see how my life develops. Um, I'm not going to be streaming it because I can only be humiliated so often. Uh, but thank you, Fraser and Rob, for joining us. And thank you for listening. Uh, Three Moves Ahead is produced by the inimitable Michael Hermes. And it is hosted on the Idle Thumbs Network. If you would like to talk about this episode or other episodes, we have a forum you can find there, which I read every now and then. And if you'd like to support this podcast or ones that I do not host, but are also quite good, I understand, uh, we have a Patreon at patreon.com slash 3MA. Uh, we might want to adjust some of our targets, but I'm not making any promises. Uh, so uh, have a good night. And for Fraser and Rowan, 
Have a good week.